As you can see, the reading today can be found on page 1034 in your Pew Bibles. The right-hand column, the section beginning judging others. Or rather, not judging others, of course. (sighs) So, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parallel, sorry, this parable even. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is the word of the Lord. like to keep your Bibles open at that passage. I'm just going to read the last story, which is the, the wise and foolish builders, um, to carry on that, and then, then we'll pray. Uh, let's, let's carry on that reading at verse 46 as well. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice... I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. And now may the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
Well, good morning again. It's, it's great to be here with you on such an important, special occasion for me personally and, and for Insight. Um, I'd like you to imagine for a second that you were there at that time, at the time of Jesus. Let's say you lived in Jerusalem and you were one of the Israelites. Uh, you grew up there listening to the rabbis. The people who teach in the temple are the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the scribes. Uh, they were the ones who taught you about God and about his word in the Bible. If you wanted to learn from them, uh, you might become one of their disciples. And you've always done it this way. This is all you've ever known your whole life. You live to copy their example and do as they say, because as far as you're concerned, that's what God wants for your life. And then this man called Jesus turns up. He's also teaching, but he's different somehow. He's not got a piece of paper saying he studied somewhere fancy, but he's really compelling. If you're honest, you quite like him. There's just something about him that seems right somehow. But if you follow him, you're going to get in trouble with the religious leaders of your day. Uh, they don't like Jesus. They think he's leading the people astray. But you're not sure about that. He just seems so good. You know deep down in your heart what you want to do. Jesus is my man. I want to go along with him. But you're holding back. Because following him is not without some cost. You're probably going to be shunned by your community, your family, your hometown. And those issues are very real. What are you going to do? You have to make a decision. You can't limp along like this forever. You can't sit on the fence for much longer. You've been up there so long, you've got saddle sore. This is the dilemma facing the God-fearing Jewish man or woman in the first century. You're being torn in two different directions. You've got a good heart and you want to please God and honour your family, but you're stuck, frozen solid, unable to move forward. What are you going to do? And this isn't just something that affected people who were there at the time. It still affects Christians all over the world today, uh, like the secret believers in the countries where it's difficult to be a Christian, but also in schools and workplaces all over this country where people have got two competing voices battling it out for your attention. Who are you going to listen to? Whose advice are you going to take? Who do you want to be your teacher? Whose disciple do you want to be? It's important because it then affects how you behave, doesn't it? And that's what I think this little section of Luke's gospel uh, that we've just had read this morning is, is dealing with. So if you can understand what it might feel like to be in that kind of person's shoes, or if that's exactly how you feel this morning, then the next few stories are hopefully going to be really helpful in getting you moving again in the right direction. Uh, my first point this morning, please, is number one, choose your teachers with an eye on their fruit. Choose your teachers with an eye on their fruit. Have a look, please, at verse 40. 
The student is not above the teacher. But everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. I think this is the key. This is the key verse to understanding these five connected stories. And I have to confess that I've spent the last 15 years of my life uh, not really seeing the connection between these stories until now. It's very easy, isn't it, to read them as if they're directed at me personally. Um, Judge not, Daryl. You've got a log in your eye, Daryl. Take it out. Um, Don't produce any bad fruit, Daryl. It's very easy to read it like that. And of course, to a point, you could say that there is something there. But I think there's more going on here than, than it seems. The student is not above the teacher. But everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. These stories are all about teachers. Choosing teachers. Spiritual teachers. The teachers who teach you the Bible. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a teacher. (laughs) They're all about teachers. Get it? Yeah? Uh, If everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher then it really matters who your teacher is. If your teacher is bad, uh, then you will learn to copy their bad habits. You will be like them. If your teacher is Jesus, then you will learn to live your life his way. Do you see? I need to show you some of the context that Luke 6 is written in. Um, At the beginning of this chapter, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, verse 6. And a man walks in with a shriveled hand. And in verse 7, it's the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, um, and they're already looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. Jesus heals the man because the fruit of the ministry of Jesus is healing. But then you look at verse 11, And it says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious. And they began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. So the teachers are furious with Jesus, yeah? The fruit of their ministry is fury. And then in verse 22, Jesus says this, Blessed are you when people hate you when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that's how their ancestors treated the prophets. Who are the people furious with Jesus? Who hate him and his followers? Who insult him? who treated the Old Testament prophets in the same way. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that's how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Who is it that everyone speaks well of? The Pharisees. Well, you know what? That's how they treated the false prophets. There's a group of teachers in this chapter who are like false prophets. They're bad teachers. They count Jesus as an enemy. And they're furious with him. 
They don't show him love. They don't pray for him. They hate his followers. So you've got bad teachers and one good teacher, Jesus. Yep. So that's the background. Now come with me to today's passage, which says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. It's probably the best-known verse in the Bible. And it's probably the most misquoted verse in the Bible as well, because it's not here a blanket ban on all kinds of judgment. Elsewhere in the Bible, believers are told to have discernment. I even think you're being asked to show discernment here in these stories as well. It says, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Now, if I read that as a direct command to me, I'll still walk around uh, judging people, uh, but I'll feel condemned myself for being a failure. So the question is, who is Jesus talking to? I'd like to vote for bad teachers, the Pharisees, who are the ones who are judging him and they're condemning him and his followers. This is the judgment that they have made about Jesus and his followers. Jesus, we've listened to you, and we've concluded that you are not from God. So now we are going to teach people not to listen to you. The fruit of this is that no one will be saved by your teaching. We condemn you. I think Jesus is telling you not to be like that. Don't do what they do. Uh, the bad teachers don't forgive but if they use that measure, it will come back to haunt them. They won't be forgiven. By contrast, Jesus' followers will forgive and they will give generously and that will come back to bless them. Can the blind lead the blind, asks Jesus? No, they'll both fall into a pit. He's talking about the Pharisees, bad teachers, false teachers. They can't see where they're going. And if you follow them, they will lead you into the pit. In fact, it's quite a serious warning. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And he's trying to save people from judgment. These bad teachers telling others to ignore him are stopping people from being saved from that judgment. And if they're not saved, then they'll fall into the pit. He means don't follow them there. Whatever you do, don't follow them there. But everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Do you want to be like them? Hating, judging, condemning, unforgiving, and headed for the pit. If you want to be like that, follow them. Otherwise, follow Jesus. Who's the one who has a log in their eye, but loves to tell their friend about the sawdust in their eye? The Pharisees. The log is the fact that they don't recognize Jesus. They want to talk about the finest detail of the law, but that's sawdust compared to not accepting Jesus. Come to Jesus first, then we can talk about the detail of the law. Who is the bad tree bearing bad fruit? The Pharisees. 
Who is the good tree bearing good fruit? Jesus. You see, if you read this directly to yourself, you'll feel dreadful every time you do something wrong because the responsibility lies with you. But there is only one good man, isn't there? He's the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in him, you will bear much good fruit. Without him, you can't produce any fruit. But if Jesus is talking about your teacher, you get the same idea we've been looking at all morning. If you choose to follow a bad teacher, you will produce bad fruit, like hatred. If you choose to follow the only good teacher, you will produce fruit in keeping with his Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace and patience too. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control and gentleness. So let's go full circle. You've got to choose a teacher. Who are you going to follow? Jesus says, look at their fruit. That's how you make that decision. Look at their fruit. If you see uh, their hatred, judgmentalism, condemnation, unforgiveness, then what you're seeing is an evil teacher bringing evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. And Jesus is saying, don't follow them. If you see healing, love, prayer, and blessing, and all the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then you're seeing the good teacher bringing good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Now, for the first century uh, Jewish man or woman looking for a teacher to follow, there is a clear command here to leave the Pharisees and follow Jesus. Do you see? Which is all very good, but you're not first century Jewish men or women. Uh, But the principle still applies, do you see? Um, Don't follow a bad teacher, otherwise you'll become like them. They'll train you to do what they do. You'll produce the same fruit that they produce, which is bad fruit. And if you're not sure, Jesus says, look at the fruit of their ministry. Hatred, judgmentalism condemnation, unforgiveness. Do you want to be like them? In what way do you want to be like them? If you think, I don't want to be like this teacher, I don't like the fruit that their ministry produces, then don't follow them. Follow Jesus instead. Problem is, in this world, there are many false prophets who preach in churches claiming to be speaking things in the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes those messages are even in conflict with one another. How do you know who's good and bad? Jesus says, look at the fruit of their ministry. Be careful who you listen to. Don't just believe anything that you hear on Google or Facebook without testing it first. Think about it. Who is the biggest spiritual influence on your life at the moment? Do they deserve that title? They might, or they might not. Let me give you an example from the Bible. In John's Gospel, Jesus heals a man who's been blind uh, from birth. The Pharisees call him in to give an account of what has happened to him. 
he tries to defend Jesus, and they throw him out of the synagogue. What's the fruit of their ministry? Hatred and condemnation. What's the fruit of Jesus' ministry? Healing and salvation. Now, this blind man has to make a decision. Who's he going to follow? He chooses Jesus and gets thrown out of the synagogue. But Jesus says, blessed are you when people hate you, because great is your reward in the kingdom of heaven. This man isn't stuck in a pit. He's part of the kingdom of heaven. So if you're, if you're a Christian today, the world is constantly preaching at you an anti-Christian message. It comes at you through television and radio and the news and the internet and social media. Which is funny because Christians often get accused of brainwashing other people, don't they? But actually it's the other way around, isn't it? Think <laughs> um, A young person... A young person growing up in the church today is at the same time being digitally bombarded by the teaching of the world. But look at its fruit. Where does it lead you? We've all got a decision to make and we all need to choose our teachers carefully with an eye on their fruit. Praise God for the godly teachers, like John, <laughs> that he has brought into your life uh, to tell you about Jesus. If you follow them, Jesus will produce in you the fruit of his Holy Spirit. Two. Secondly, build your house with an eye on the future. Build your house with an eye on the future. Uh, this isn't really a separate point. In a sense, Jesus is making the same point as before, but with a new metaphor and a focus now on his teaching. Good teaching, yeah? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Jesus is the good teacher, the good teacher. He gives us his word, his teaching, his commands, and we long to follow him, don't we? But following him means actually putting what we hear from him into practice. This is where the story of the wise and the foolish builders uh, comes in. This is what it's about. Look at how Jesus puts it in verse 47. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. The house is a metaphor for your life. So the Christian person who comes to Jesus, hears his words, his teaching, and puts it into practice is building their life on the rock, yeah? Now the flood here is often thought of as the trials of life. As it is in the song that we, that we sang this morning. Storms may come and go, but the peace of God you will know. And those who have built their life on the rock 
certainly do have an anchor in Jesus Christ at those stormy moments. Uh, But the flood in the Bible is a much more evocative term, isn't it? The flood is Noah's flood. And Noah's flood was a terrible judgment that fell on the whole earth. Here I think Jesus might be using this as a reference to the coming day of judgment. Not another flood, but judgment day itself. So it goes something like this. The Christian person who comes to Jesus, hears his teaching and puts it into practice, has built their life on the rock. On judgment day, that life cannot be shaken because it was built on Jesus Christ. Yeah, And then you get the opposite example. The opposite here still hears Jesus' words, but doesn't put them into practice. And in the context of this passage that we've looked at this morning, you can't help but think of the Pharisees in the synagogue listening to Jesus preaching before he heals the man with the shriveled hand. Instead of praising God for the man's healing, they're furious with him. Of course they're not going to do what he says. Of course, they're not going to put his teaching into practice. They're certainly not loving their enemies, are they? Now, whether this is directed at the Pharisees or those who follow them doesn't really matter. They've not responded to Jesus in the right way. They've heard him and their judgment is that he's wrong. So because of that, they're not going to do what he says. They're not going to bear any godly fruit they've built their life without a foundation on judgment day when the torrent strikes that house its destruction will be complete condemn Jesus and you will be judged build your house with an eye on the future build your life with an eye on the future. The story makes it clear what the right thing to do is. Come to Jesus, hear his words, and put them into practice. Because he is the Lord, we need to do what he says here. So choose him to be your teacher. Not the Pharisees or their modern-day equivalents who love to practice every form of Christless religion. In order to reach the right conclusion here, you have to believe that Jesus' teaching is right and good. You have to believe that his words really are what's best for your life right now. If you don't believe that, you won't do it. You won't put his teaching into practice. Now, we all get this wrong sometimes. Nobody perfectly obeys Jesus all the time. That's why it's great news uh, that he is gracious and merciful towards his people. Verse 36 says, your father is merciful. Verse 37 says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Do not judge. You will not be judged. You will not be condemned. But funnily enough, reading these stories often makes us feel bad because we read them and think, well, I am judgmental. 
I do have massive logs in my eyes. I do bear bad fruit, and I don't always put Jesus' teaching into practice. But I don't think Jesus' intention here is to make us feel bad. Rather, I think it's to encourage us to want to follow him. Because if he is our good teacher, then we will produce good fruit by following him. So be encouraged to do that, to follow him, to put his words into practice, and by doing so, grow in bearing godly fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Building your life on Jesus' teaching is the only way to grow that fruit. And it's the only way to stand firm when the flood hits. As a reminder of some of that good teaching of Jesus, let me close today uh, by reading you verses 27 to 31 again slowly. But as you hear these words, think about how Jesus put them into practice personally in his own life. And think about how his opponents, the Pharisees, didn't do that. And then think about who's right and which of the two ways you want to follow. Verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Build your life on Jesus' teaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Father, thank you that our Lord Jesus is that vine. Lord, help us to remain in him and him in us so that we might bear much godly fruit, the fruit of your Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness. Lord, where our affections are torn between a love of this world and a love for your son, help us to choose what is right and good and not be tempted away. And help us, please, not just to hear your word, but to put it into practice that we might stand firm on the rock of Jesus Christ, in whose name we ask. Amen.